The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to Brutal Nation, a podcast series that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, the very hairy, Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tammy. Say it in your native tongue, you know. I hate you. (laughs) People wonder why I put up with your shit. I've been getting a lot of ass that the other day. Lately. I wonder why you put up with my shit. I wonder why a lot of people put up with my shit. Like, you you, you met my first ex-wife, Maritza, because her and I are still, like, the best of friends, right? She's awesome. I she's, love her. She's funny. She's my mama. biggest fan. I can't understand why she puts up with my I shit, do. because you see how conservative she is. She is so sweet. And she's sweet. And then you have May. And why she sits there and even talks to me anymore, I have no fucking idea. Well, we're, we're like the besties. Okay, so. I got something out of England for you today. Back to the jolly old England. <laughs> That's and you right. lit up on me again. There you go. No, because I had to change screens. <laughs> got to have my thingy, my jigger, my thingy. You know, the, the, re, the I, yeah, that thing. <laughs> okay. Today's, today, boys and girls, I'm going to be doing the Moore's murder. And this is the story of Ian Bradley and Myra isn't it Hintley? Huntley, I think. It's it's supposed to be Hinley, but I put Henley. Oh. Okay, because, maybe yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, about these these two ass wipes. Yeah. My opening thoughts, because I know we're all excited. Most of us have cameras. I know that I enjoy taking pictures of places that I've visited, and the count and there are countless pictures of the shows that my band has played over the years. Photographs are markers in life, an image to remind us of where we have been and what we have done, as well as to remind us as the people of the, of the people that we know and love. Brian Brady and Mira Henley, it seems, it seems to me like they enjoyed photographs in a way different way. For this killer couple, it was a way to document the children that they had raped tortured and killed as well as well as the where the bodies were buried so i'm going to give you guys the moore's murders dun, dun, dun. i really need more sound effects i'm just saying yeah because you've got the sound effect thing in my jiggers i got one on my phone but i don't even have that open right now <clears throat> ian brady was born ian duncan stewart on january 2nd 1938 in glasgow scotland that's right he's scottish you know what he knows about Miss Scotch? Nessie. <laughs> That's right. He was out on the moors there, too, and he went to the lock. His mother was named Margaret Stewart. Please don't. No? Okay. <laughs> His mother, Margaret Stewart, was a tea room waitress. So, you know, not a high-paying job. It's kind of a low-end. No, yeah. You can get whatever you can job, right? I think of that as like a barista nowadays. Right. So for some weird ass reason, she went by the name of Peggy. Okay. Yeah, I did. That makes sense. What was her real name? Margaret. Oh yeah, that's common back then, actually. Seriously? Yeah. How the fuck do you? I don't know either. Peggy out of Margaret. What? How do you get Dick out of Richard? Never mind. (laughs) Ask him really nice. (laughs) We're done. They (laughs) They lived in the slums of Gobbles, which is in Glasgow. 
After a while, Peggy Stewart found it was too difficult to raise a t- child. She also wanted to spare him the stigma of not having a father and of being a bastard. Peggy gave her son to the Sloan family, and they raised young Ian. Early on, uh, Ian showed... Excuse me. Oh, bacon burp. <laughs> mm, tasty. <laughs> oh, God. What a smoky-flavored. Good bacon. Early on, Ian showed signs that in today's world of psychology could be identified, could be identified and treated. But keep in mind, it's the 30s and the 40s. Terms like ADD and ADHD didn't even exist then. No, they didn't even exist in the 70s and 80s. Right. This is a ADD, ADHD is late 90s or mid 90s throughout. Early 2000. Yeah. 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 Because back in our time, we were considered problem children. Or assholes. Yeah, that too. So I'm kind of used to that name. Ian would throw horrible tantrums when he didn't get his way or he didn't get what he wanted. There was even reports uh, that some of these tantrums would be so violent that they would end up when he would start hitting his head against the walls. Wow. Yeah, pretty fucking brutal, right? Yeah, that sounds like more than ADD, though. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can... There's... Just based on that alone, (laughs) I can have a whole episode on just everything that I see as far as symptomatic things that I remember from college. Everything. Like, this is like, if you had the DHM right now, you can go, yep, that's everything. The DSM-4? DSM, that's it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's everything right there. Anyway, so his mom, Peggy, would come and visit uh, Ian from time to time, and she'd bring him gifts, right? Oh, so he knew who she was. Oh, yeah. Okay, got it. Well, kind of. Oh, Okay, here's where it gets interesting, right? But it wasn't too long until Ian figured out that Peggy wasn't his mom in the Sloan family. That, that wasn't his real parents. Because up until now, he's thinking, hey, this is my family. And this strange lady comes and visits me. And she brings me gifts. Okay. But now, you know, he's kind of figuring this shit out. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Got to drink some coffee. Because, hey, why not be more animated? Caffeine. So the other kids in the neighborhood also found out that Ian was a bastard child, which made his life even harder. Yeah. Because, uh, and keep it in mind, like in, in, in today's age, right? Yeah, if, that's nothing. That's nothing. I mean, if, if you don't know who your dad is or, or, you know, your dad's dead or whatever, you were born without a father type of a thing. People go, oh, okay, well, life's a bitch. I don't fucking care. Yeah. But back then, that was a big thing, man. Yeah. That was like fucking huge. Yeah, a lot of people got married when they didn't want to. Oh, yes. And a lot of kids were born prematurely. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. Did that happen with the Sasquatch clans? There is uh, one of my uncles that uh, was born early. I use air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Wait a minute, Margaret. We had sex on this date here, which means that this kid's like three months early. That's right. <laughs> huh? Call Scooby-Doo. That's a fucking mystery. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, he wasn't well-liked by the kids in his neighborhood to begin with, right? He was very sullen. He had no skills in any sports. And, you know, kids played a lot of sports back then. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we didn't have Nintendo and and all YouTube and bullshit like that. What did our parents tell us? Because we we come from the land of before home computers. Yeah, it was. Get your fucking ass outside and go play. We had to go outside from sunup till sundown, pretty much. We weren't allowed back in the house. (laughs) Yeah, that's because probably our parents were getting late or something or juggling clowns. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Anyway. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> later on in his childhood, Ian decided that he was a rebel and not bounded by anyone's rules. Okay. Yeah. I read Little that. Little James Dean. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, he's a rebel without a clue is what he is. <laughs> James Dean. <laughs> yeah. So while he was in school, he was very he was a very bright child. Okay. Yeah. So makes sense. some good's about him, right? At 11 years old, he passed his entry exams to the Shawlands Academy. And from what I can ascertain from that, it's a very high end. You got to be fucking smart. Okay. You can't be like an idiot. And get like in. a Mensa program. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay. The sad thing was that his intelligence was never actually realized. Um, he was said to have been lazy and he would act out a lot. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you can have all the brains in the world, but if you're a little shithead and you don't want to do anything, it's all yeah. for not. Which could be his ADD too, because that could be boredom. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Faux show, homie. Faux show. Shut up. Why, homie? You know what? Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, eventually he just dropped out of school altogether. He said, you know, hey, adios, right. bitch, nacho, nachos, I'm out of here. So this next part plays into your last episode and jazz hands. No way. My mangling? <clears throat> in an in a offhanded way. Oh, okay. But only briefly. He also found great interest in Nazi Germany oh, and okay. all things that were Nazi related. And I didn't even intentionally do this one with the Nazi thing. No, but it's kind of weird. But it just kind of, I thought it was odd that how it kind of just floated yeah. in there, right? Although you and I kind of do that without even realizing it sometimes. Our, our episodes will play into each other without us kind of planning that in advance. Word, homie. <sighs> if I didn't have like to throw up like... before, I do now. <laughs> So he would ask other kids uh, if they had anything that their uh, dads had brought back from Germany during when they fought in World War II, any souvenirs and things like that. Um, and it was in his teen years that he'd start to bully and torture. Uh, he'd bully kids and he'd torture animals. Okay. In very grotesque ways. And it didn't really get how grotesque. I don't want to know. Eh, me neither. Because, you know me, I don't like fucking animal abusers. Yeah, me neither. Because I already want to stab him in the eye just knowing that he... Yeah. You know, if you look bad at a dog and yell at him, I'm just not happy about that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he was brought to juvenile court, and he was charged with burglary and housebreaking when he was 17 years old. Anywho, he gets out, right? He's 17 years old. He moved out of the Sloan house, uh, and he went to live with his mother and her new hu husband, Patrick Brady... Yeah, got it. That, that's how he got the name in Manchester, England. So, although Ian really didn't like his stepfather, he took his last name Brady for his own. Okay. As a Scot who was exiled to England, he soon became uh, reclusive and, and often hung out in his room reading and listening to music. He also became fascinated with Nietzsche's theories of, I'm going to fuck this up. Ubermach and the and the will to power and agreed that those that those who are superior should be able to kill who, those who aren't. Very German Nazi. Nazi it is very. And Nietzsche's also the one that had the uh, had the saying about stare hard enough into the abyss. The abyss stares back into you. Yeah, very. Deep yeah, he's very, shit. very philosophical, deep, dark shit. Oh, yeah. So. He collected books on cruelty, sadomasochism, and pedophilia. Of course he did. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, 
He's a you know at, at an early age he's already like hey little girl like it, but not in the joking way that I no, do it no. like for the for yeah real. like already showing that preclusivity. So red notes. Those are your own personal thoughts. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I want to say that none of this makes anyone a killer. Uh, take a look at Tammy and I. We research serial killers. We have read and seen the horrible things that people do to each other. We've seen everything from raping kids to force-feeding elderly toxic detergent so that they die a painful death. Yes. We have a love of researching our killers, but we are certainly not serial killers ourselves. Wait. That is just what a killer would say, What not it? <laughs> you Scratch got stopped that. mid-sentence. Scratch that. Yeah, I know, because I, I read somewhere I mean, that if you took somebody who does this kind of work we do, and you know they started investigating our hard drives, we would look straight up like we were guilty of something. Yeah, so scratch that. I mean, I'm not a serial killer, but Tammy, well, nah, I'm not. Maybe. <laughs> I don't even have it in me to, I mean, I kill spiders. That's but. just what a serial killer would say. Hmm. I don't even eat cereal, okay? <laughs> Next on Brutal Nation, we'll be featuring... Tammy Underwood. No. <laughs> Any hoosies. And I wrote that in there because I just thought it was fucking hilarious. Any <laughs> You party of one. <laughs> <laughs> Go Scotty. Go Scotty. You're not a serial killer. He soon became a butcher's assistant. And it's been theorized that uh, with his job being cutting meat from the bones of animals, this may have fed into his lust for cruelty. It might have. Well, and, and at first, I wasn't going to put that in there because I'm all, ah, that's bullshit. Then I started thinking, wait a minute. If he has a proclivity for... Already, yeah, that just kind of... Yeah, yeah, for reading about sadomasochism and cruelty and, and you know, uh, things along that nature. Yeah, I can see where this would kind of mentally prep yeah. him. Totally. So anyway, at the same time, he began to drink a lot and go to the movies a lot as well. He also began to bet on horses. Uh, he, often, he often found that he needed extra money to support his new habits, which is understandable because oh, yeah. a habit is a habit. Sometimes you're like, holy shit, I'm out of money because I need more money for my habit. Yeah, totally. He began to steal and he was arrested several times for it, as well as being arrested for being drunk in public. I've been there. Uh, <laughs> he was sent- Just last night. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not surprisingly, not in the wild. It's uh, fucking amazing, right? Uh, sir, we need, you, we need you to go home, you drunk bastard. Anyway, he was sent to Bristol School for training, as well as did a stint in Strangeways Prison. After he was released from prison, he took a job at a brewery for a short time, and eventually he got a job at Millward's Merchandising as, a book, as their bookkeeper. Now, here's the thing. I want to point this out. So, um, I'm reading Murderpedia, right? And I found out that some of their information is incorrect, especially about this oh, one. Oh, yeah, here. a lot. Because it said that he was a stock clerk, and that wasn't the case. Right. Because he actually worked in the office. He was a bookkeeper. Um, and I got that. Uh, hold on. I get, I get into it right here. Because I had a big note. There are several sites that say uh, that he's a stock clerk, which I just said. But that's not accurate. This information that I got about him being a bookkeeper comes from the police department that finally arrested him. Yeah. I I confirmed it and right. there's actual documentaries uh, from the cop shop that got him. He was a fucking bookkeeper. Get your shit right, people. 
Well, see, and that's why I don't rely. I get, I go to Murderpedia and Wikipedia just to get like an outline. Outline, yeah, they're great yeah, for the outline. They're very good outline because then it kind of gives you a starting off point. But that's about it, right? Yeah, these people who quote Wikipedia and Murderpedia for their podcast. Oh, piss here me I am. Off. I put I put a right last name in here this time. That's good. That's where he met Myra H- uh, Hindley. Hindley, isn't it Hundley? H u n d l e y. Uh, no, it's H i n d l e y. Oh, okay. She'd been hired as a typist at Millward's, and he'd been there for uh, two years. So she met he, he met her two years after starting his okay. job. He worked there for a while, right? Uh, and she would become the second half of the sadistic killing couple. Yeah. So let's talk about Mira, Myra, yep. whatever. Let's talk about Myra. Yeah, that's it, Myra. You see, I think I, I hear Myra, and I think of... Uh, um, Tiny Tunes, El Myra was a pain. Yeah, uh, uh, Animaniacs. <laughs> yeah. That's what I keep seeing yeah. in my head. So it's hard for me to call her Myra without seeing that in it's my It's actually Tiny Toons. They're two different co- cartoons, but okay. No, she's on Animaniacs. No, she's on Tiny Toons. She's, she's tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony, and Elmira is a pain. Not Animaniacs. Whatever. You know what? I know, what, I know the difference. I don't like you. Sit up there and be quiet. Myra had a rough childhood and was raised in a rough neighborhood as well. That look you're giving me could fucking kill somebody. I could kill you right now. No. She found solace in, in the church, though, and became a devout Catholic. She regularly attended, regularly, because words are hard, attended church, as well as helped out with church functions. That would all change when she met Ian. The relationship between Brady and Hindley developed at the same at the same time that Brady's increasing that he increasingly identified with the Nazi era. Uh, I can't read atrocities. Jesus Christ! I need some fucking hooked on phonics or more coffee or heroin or something. Atrocities <laughs> and his growing sadomasochistic sexual appetite. Because I can spell these words, I just can't fucking read them. You just can't say them. Yeah, that's apparently English isn't my first language. Henley was Brady's eager student along with all of this, right? And under his influence, she stopped going to church and started really hating children. Now that I can't blame her for because I fucking hate most kids. Because most kids are little shitheads. Okay, let's clarify for our listening audience. You don't hate kids in general you hate the way they're being raised okay i'll give it that but you know what i still hate the kids because the way that they're raised is that better but shouldn't you hate the parents i hate them too okay like half the people when i see them especially i've said this before when they're looking at the kid please billy stop i know oh you're gonna give me a headache you know you'll get a timeout. billy doesn't give a shit you're not doing anything else but sitting there going i don't know what to do you should follow back, through follow through and backhand that little fucking cocksucker and knock him out fucking kids man anyway Anywho. we're gonna get hate mail over that one we are soon after they became a couple Brady and Hindley began planning a series of bank robberies, which they never carried out. When Brady became fascinated with the idea of, of rape and murder for sexual gratification, Hindley um, actively participated in procuring ch- uh, child victims, as well as sexually abusing, torturing, and murdering them. Like an active participant or yeah. an unwilling participant? No, very active. Oh, okay. Very active. So the, the, the whole deal with them before I go on and start reading more, more of this shit is that 
Um, she being female, kids trust women more, oh, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Okay, so if I was to go up to a random kid and go, hey, kid, come with me, they'd be like, no scary, danger, danger. fat man, fuck you, I'm not doing it. But if a, if a woman who's decently decent looking and she's okay looking goes, hey, why don't you come over here, we'll have a good time, and they'd be like, okay, yeah. because, you know, it's, it's twofold. Girls trust girls because, you know, uh, there's very few girl serial killers out there, few, right. far between. And, uh, and, and, and boys are fucking, you know, women driven most of the time. They're like, okay, nice lady with big boobs. I will come with you. And it's either way. They're all yeah. retarded. Yeah. With the aid of a, uh, of a time delayed camera and self-devised dark room, Brady and Hinley set about the task of photographing themselves acting out sadomasochistic fantasies with just each other at this point, right? Okay. They later took pictures of each of them standing or kneeling on the moorlands at the burial sites of their victims. Wow. And there was also pictures of them with their victims as well, by the way. Apparently, one of their earliest ambitions was to crack the illicit amateur uh, pornography market selling obscene photographs uh, of their bizarre sexual antics with each other. But, uh, for, but for whatever reason, this enterprise failed. So maybe he had a small peepee. They're like, it would be Or they had no marketing experience. Yeah, it could be that. Or a small peepee. People are like, yeah, I think that's two women. Yeah. That's what that is. And maybe. that's not right. They both need Jesus. Henley later claimed that Brady had taken compromising pictures of her while she was unconscious and subsequently used them to blackmail her into participating in the murders. However, Brady has strenuously denied this uh, suggestion and claims that Henley was indeed a willing participant in both taking, in the taking of the pictures and the murders. According to those police investigators who had examined the photographs, Henley appears to be fully willing, a fully willing camera subject, and is clearly enjoying herself. Kind of like a hermoka. I know, I was going to say those words. So, what does, what does Henley get for my award? Sugar, sugar tits! tits. <laughs> She's another sugar tits. Does she get the sugar tits of the day award? She does. She gets my sugar tits of the day award. Freaking twat. Yeah, I was just going to mention the H word, but I didn't, was like, no, I don't want to get him started, but whatever. What we're you? there. Oh, yeah. Hermoka? <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. even get me started because I still think, and the sad thing is she's free and she's out and about. She's granted up in Canada. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be too uh, disappointed if somebody ran her over with a bus. <laughs> you know? They would get your thank you award. They <laughs> would get my thank you. You do good work. <laughs> There would be a day just for you. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, man. Every day that she dies after that, I would mention it uh, every time that anniversary comes around. I know. That person would get a gift basket in the mail. <laughs> shit, yeah. So let's talk about the Moore's killings, right? Brady was responsible for the murder of five children during the 1960s. In August of 1987, he claimed to the police that he had carried out another five killings and even said... Uh, where he had buried the bodies, but the police were never able to prove whether these victims, w whether his claims were true or not. They couldn't find the bodies? Couldn't find the bodies. Oh. Odd. 
Five murders that Brady admitted carrying out were committed with Henley as, the, as his accomplice. These were the infamous Moore's murders, which are still some of the most reviled crimes in Britain decades after they'd happened. As a result, Brady and Henley became two of the most hated individuals in British criminal history. Because, I mean, think about it, man. Okay, so let's, let's talk about the famous Jack the Ripper yeah. of London. Good old Jack. He targeted, and what, what, what Jack the Ripper did was horrible, right? He killed prostitutes and, and, and cut them open and dissected I said, them. I was just say, didn't he eviscerate them? Yeah, with medical precision. Yeah. Keep in mind, they hate him more than Deadly Jack. Wow. Yeah, so that's saying a lot. Because they did fuck, they did kids, man. Yeah. Well, look at how they felt about Amelia Dyer. Oh, don't even give me, she's a sugar tits, too. Yeah, I mean... I'm gonna get we a, still can't be her 4.5 minute you know, jury deliberation. And but. I, I want to put out there to anybody who's going to be on a jury or judges or whatever. Um, if you get a case like that where, uh, where it's a killer person, they've done kids. Let's try to beat that 4.5 minutes. Can we do that for me, folks? Come on. Yeah, come on. I can, I can rally behind this. I would like to see that at four or less. If you can me get, too. Me you, too. You sentence her to death in four or less or him four or less. I will feature you on the show every fucking day because that is awesome. Yeah. Shouldn't take no, hours. No, that 4.5 minutes was like epic. I never could understand this. Like where juries go and they deliberated for like, I don't know, a bajillion days. Yeah, a month you know? or so. Yeah, When no. you have all this information that goes, hey, this is the dude. Like they've got pictures, they've got audio, they got, you know, everything that says, yeah, no, this is the guy. Yeah. This is the guy. And they go, um, we're going to talk about this for a month and try to figure it. No, man, you should be able to not even leave the jury box. Look over and go, hey, guys, we saw this shit, right? Yeah, death penalty. Yeah. It should be that quick. 30 seconds or less. Better than any fucking Domino's delivery or anything. Faster yeah. than my internet. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Faster than your Fios optic speed, your fiber optic speed. Exactly. <laughs> it should literally be, they just turn around and go, we're not even going to go into the deliberation room. You guys saw that bullshit, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Fucker's guilty. <laughs> yeah. They should be allowed to do that. God damn it. Okay. <clears throat> On July 12th, 1963, the couple claimed their first victim, 16-year-old Pauline Reed. Uh, she was enticed into Hinley's minivan uh, while Brady followed behind him on his motorcycle. So his she was motorcycle. 16? She was 16. Okay. Pauline, Reed, Pauline Reed was. Okay, I was going to say victim. that doesn't fall into the pedophile, though. Uh, pedophile. It's a pedio. Wait a minute. You, you just okay, I'm, a, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get ahead they of myself. got five fucking victims here, woman. I apologize. This is victim one. I'm apologizing. So since since we're in a Sesame Street uh, uh, mood, <laughs> one, one victim. Ah, 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 ah. I already ah. said I'm sorry. God damn. <laughs> I need a cigarette for that shit. Okay, so anyways, Bray's following behind him while she's driving away in the van on his motorcycle. Just like James Dean, a little born to be. I know, huh? They drove up to Saddleworth Moor, where Hinley asked Pauline to help her uh, look for her lost glove. Now, I want you to keep in mind how fucking stupid that is. 
Hey, yeah. I'm going to pick you up way here over here in town and drive you all the way out to the moors. To find a glove. To find a glove. Can you help me find a Sure. Strange lady that I don't know. She didn't even use a puppy. She used a glove. All this time I thought you had to use a puppy to get a little girl into your van. Huh? Yeah, I know now. Or Wi-Fi, one of the two. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi works great with the teenagers. I tell you what, man. <laughs> I drive by any high school and I go, I have Wi-Fi. All of a sudden, man, I'm like, hey, look, one girl at a time, okay? I can't fit like 300 of you in here. That's fucking terrible. You are horrible. So anyway, they were busy searching the moors when Brady pounced upon Pauline and raped her. Um, He then smashed her skull in with a shovel and slashed her throat so violently that she was almost decapitated. Oh, my goodness. Brady then uh, buried Pauline's body on the moor. Alexei Moore. I, I gathered that. Because I think you said Scotland. it like ten times in the last five minutes. That's why I wrote it in here. Because I think of him being Scottish, going, We're gonna bury her on the moors. They were gonna go look for Nancy. <laughs> anyway, she her body remained there for over twenty years before she was discovered. Wow. So you know how we talked about um escalation times? Yeah. Cooling off times. Usually, after one murder, what we've seen normally is yeah. about a year. Especially after the first one, yes. Yeah, especially after the first one, you're looking at a year. Well, on November 23rd of that same year, Hinley lured 12-year-old John Kilbride into her car from wow, a marketplace. so it's like no matter sex or age. Yeah. No, they don't give a shit. Uh, from a marketplace in Ashton Underland and drove him to Saddleworth Moor. The Moors... Brady was waiting there and ordered Hinley to wait for him in a nearby village in their hired in their hired Ford Angelia. I don't know what the fuck that means. Okay, I love autocrat. F J A N G I L A Anglia. Uh. Anyway, I, I I think what they meant was uh, that they had rented this Ford. Okay. Okay. That that would make more sense. Yeah. But apparently. I looked at that piece of information and said, oh, I'll understand what the fuck I'm putting here. And then you don't. Uh-huh. So anyway, while, while Hinley was waiting in the car, Brady, uh, Brady attempted to stab the boy with a knife, but the weapon was a little too blunt. Uh, Brady lost his temper and strangled him to death with a string before burying his body in a shallow grave. Wow. And I love giving you timelines, by the way. Like doing what? Giving you timelines. Because, yeah. especially with this one here, because uh, unlike a lot of our killers, where, like I said, uh, usually after the first one, it's close to a year, give or take. Yeah. It happens. Between nine months to a year, usually, yeah. if not a little longer, yeah. Well, on June 16th of 1964, their third victim was another 12-year-old boy by the name of Keith Bennett. Uh, and they enticed him... From a, uh, from a street in Charlton and drove him to Saddleworth Moor. So same place, right? Yeah. That's why it's called the Moor Murders, folks. Hinley stood and watched from the top of an embankment while Brady sexually assaulted Keith in a, in a ravine before strangling him to death with a piece of string and burying his body. And it has never been found. Wow. The fourth victim was 10-year-old Leslie Ann Downing. Downey, that's what I said, yeah. Uh, and she was lured from the fairgrounds in Ancoats. 
Brantley took nine obscene photographs of her, showing her naked, bound, and gagged, which were later found in a suitcase uh, left in a luggage locker. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So he, like, dropped her off at a bus bus station, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, They... There's a whole bunch of shit that was discovered. Right. We'll get to that. Henley recorded the scene of the child's rape and torture uh, by Brady on an audio tape. So they actually had tape of all this going down, right? The tape uh, clearly records the voices of Brady and Henley and the child who was heard to scream protest um, and, and asked to be allowed to you know, go home. And she was pleading for her life. Um, it's believed wow. that she was killed by Brady. Well, obviously, she was. There's no believing about it. One of the two killed her. She's obviously yeah. dead. The following morning, Brady and Henley drove Leslie's body to Saddleworth Moor. Okay. So they didn't kill her on the moor. They killed her at, her, at their house. Right. And then drove her out to there. Right. Their, their burial ground, uh, where she was buried in a shallow grave. Okay, so now we're going to take a little breaky-poo. Because now, on October 6th of 1965, so now we have that cooling off period. Okay. The couple claimed their fifth and final victim, 17-year-old Edward Evans. They enticed him from Manchester Central Railway Station to their house in Hattersley, where Henley's 18-year-old brother-in-law, David Smith, was visiting. Brady then crept up on Edward in the kitchen and smashed his head in with an axe. Ew. He ordered Smith to help him carry the corpse to uh, upstairs bedroom and tie him up ready for disposal and get him ready for disposal. Um, but Smith then ran home and contacted the police. Smith explained later that while apparently giving assistance to clean up, uh, he, his sole concern was to escape the house alive. Oh, yeah, mine would be too. So, and this is something that I had read, and I'll, I'll point this out, is that this was actually the downfall of, of Ian and, and Myra, is that, so Smith had this proclivity for violence as well, so Ian kind of felt like he was a kindred spirit. Okay. And starts telling him all about this stuff. Wow. Meanwhile, you know, Smith is like, oh, yeah, no, that's really interesting. I'd be into that. In the back of his mind, he's like, okay, you fucking nut job. Yeah. Um, I just don't want you to kill me. Right. So we're going to be buddies for right now. But um, first chance I get. I'm going to go fucking talk to the cops, you know, because you're a fucking looney tune. Yeah. First chance I get. Yeah. Can't roll over fast enough. Oh, no shit. And I would do the same thing, honestly. Yeah, me too. I got to I got it. It's self-preservation, first of all. Well, you know, Ian doesn't look like a very big guy. He looks like I could probably take him physically. But for for me, I'd be hedging my bets. I'd be like, I could look at him and say, fuck you right now. And he could have like ninja moves for all I know. Yeah. And stab me. Or I can go along with him and help him dispose of the body. And yeah. they go, okay, I'm going to go out and get a pack of cigarettes or, or, or yeah. a cup of coffee and then go down to the cop shop and go, guys, this is what the fuck is going on. Yeah. You know, I would do the same thing. It's self-preservation, yeah. man, because I don't want to die because of this nut job. Right. So let's talk about the sentencing. I love how mine are kind of short, by the way. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's okay. No, why, why are you bothering No, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to catch up. So. 
Oh, you shake your head back and forth like no, that? No, I was ca- to trying to catch up. It's like, okay. You got to kind of get everything yeah. sloshing around like a big margarita? Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. A little salt and lime. We need margaritas. <laughs> Not too early. I got to teach my kid how to make booze. You do. The death penalty uh, was abolished just one month after Brady and Henley were arrested. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, which I think that honestly that every country should still have the death penalty. Even, On some level, yeah. Even Germany. Yeah. Because um, let's go back to our German doctors that we, that we researched for there and we've done shows on. Some of these things are so fucking horrific. Yeah, like Hogel, Niles I was, Hogel. I was going to say, uh, Hogel, I wouldn't mm-hmm. trust him to pick up garbage. No, he would induce a heart attack just to save them. The resurrection Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. You never know what the fuck he's going to do. Why keep that asshole on death row? Yeah. Forever. You know? Exactly. Because it's. Well, just in prison for life. Yeah. It just makes no sense. Yeah. That's it. Prison for life. Anyway. By the time they went on trial the following April, the punishment for murder was life imprisonment. This meant that the murderers, uh, the, the murderer was liable to be detained for the whole of his or her natural life but could be released on life license when no longer judged to be a risk. So, essentially what that means is, I'm going to give you life in prison, right. but if you're, a mo- if you're a model prisoner and you show that you uh, have, you know, that, that you're willing to make amends and atone for what you did and you seem like you're not a risk anymore, like maybe it was a passing phase, I can say, hey, go run free. Yeah, it almost sounds like the... At- at the mag- at her Majesty's pleasure, like Mary Bell. That's was. exactly what yeah. it is. That is exactly what yeah. it is. Without saying at her Majesty's pleasure, because <laughs> to me that sounds so nothing against our English listeners. Because I know we no, have a market it just, there. It just yeah, but it sounds so ludicrous. Being yeah. an American, by the way, for you guys it might sound normal, but for, as an American, that sounds to me just ludicrous. Like on Majesty's somebody's whim. Pleasure. Yeah, on somebody's whim. Like like you know the. You know, the current queen can go, it is not my pleasure to have you incarcerated. Go upon your business away with you type of a thing. It's just I'm sure she doesn't sound like that. But even if she did, let us not do that because I don't want to get arrested in England if I ever go there. <laughs> we're, you know, we're going to get arrested, right? <laughs> no matter where we go, somebody's going to be out for us. Pretty much because of my mouth. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I'm guilty by association. <laughs> it's okay. Anywho's. On May 6th of 1966, Brady was found guilty on three counts of murder and sentenced to three terms of life imprisonment. Henley was found guilty of murdering Leanne, or Leslie Ann Downey and Edward Evans and given two life sentences. She also received um, a uh, concurrent seven-year sentence for harboring Brady in connection with murdering of uh, John Kilbride. Okay. Sorry, hitting my cigarette. The key evidence against the couple included the tape recordings of Downing's uh, made while, uh, while they photographed her naked. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, na- the name of John Kincaid in a, in a notebook and a, and a photograph of Henley standing on top of a shallow grave where Kilbride was buried. I said Kincaid, but it's Kilbride. Um, Brady immediately admitted the murder of Edward Evans, but admittedly insisted that Hindley had no part in it. So at least he's 
cool there. I mean, he's not mm. trying to pin everything on her. Say, so, hey, he had nothing to do with this. It was me. I was being an yeah. asshole. Brady finally confessed to the murders of Pauline Reed and Keith Bennett in November of 1986. So we're talking, that's 20 years later. Yeah, I was going to say, that is a long time later. Yeah, he's like, eh, it was me. Get your accent straight. I can't do accents this morning except for <laughs> I was going to say, you went from Scottish to British to Scottish, and now I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't know either. <laughs> Brady spent 19 years in mainstream prison. At one point, befriending serial killer prison, uh, a serial killer prisoner. Befriending serial killer poisoner. God damn. No, 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 no. Don't say his name. Don't say his name. And I know fellow, who you're talking about. And fellow Nazi. Yeah. Aficionado. Graham Frederick Young. Yes. Because I know that you have him on your list. He's on my list. Before he was declared uh, mentally disordered in 1985 and sent to a mental hospital. <laughs> the, the trial judge spoke of his doubt that Brady could ever be reformed. Describing him as a as wicked beyond belief, which I agree with, and effectively given him little hope of eventually being released. Successive home uh, secretaries, okay, whatever it says, secretaries have agreed that uh, that the decision, while Lord Lane, the former Lord Chief Justice, set a forty year minimum term in nineteen eighty two. In 1990, he was told by Home Security David Wad- Waddington, yeah, Waddington, that both he and Hindley should never be freed. Hmm. His successor, Michael Howard, agreed uh, of his judgment in 1994 and told Brady so that he agreed with it. So apparently, they were up for appeal or something. And, and he's he, like, "Nope." He's a look here, you asshat. <laughs> That's one of the kinder words you could have ever said. I know. See, I'm, I'm being a better person. <laughs> why start now? <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, fuck it. Um, crap. <clears throat> Although home secretaries can no longer decide the minimum length of a life sentence, and European Court of Justice cases uh, currently in progress could soon see lifelong imprisonment outlawed. Brady always insisted that he never wants to be released. Oh. So that's good. Now, you know, um, I, I don't even remember writing this shit, to be honest, because it's a week old in my brain. But, yeah, at least there's some good about him. He's like, I don't want to be released because, you know. But that could just be because he's grown institutionalized, too. That You know what I mean? It's like it's such a routine now that, you know. Or it could be that he knows he'll go back to the same that thing. That could be too. That great fascination of pedophilia and, uh, you know, and I'm just trying not to give him the benefit of the doubt like some people. Uh, okay. I try to. I mean, almost, almost everybody has good you in do. them. You know, there's only a couple. There's very few. Um, I can name one in particular Hermolka, because she can fuck herself. She's no good, <laughs> no good in her. And honestly, she should be drinking some bleach on her own and seeing that special doctor that loves detergents and yeah. uh, maybe uh, being force fed some. Yeah. Because she, you know, that's just my thought on it. Anyway. Is that your own personal opinion? <sighs> it is. Deep in my heart. Because I love her so fucking much. Kick I her noticed. in the twat. Somebody please kick her in the twat. <laughs> um, he's had to be force fed since going uh, on a hunger strike in 1999, by the way. 
Oh, okay. The skiing, right? After the high court refused him the right to starve himself to death. So the high court says, we're not going to let you starve yourself to death. You're not going to eat. We'll force feed you. I say, that makes no if, sense. if that's what he wants to do. Let him do it. But hey, you know, freedom of expression, baby. My question is, is who is he harming but himself? Exactly. If he were, you know, I can understand if he were doing it to other people, but he's doing it to himself. Yeah. You know, and <sighs> he, hey, if he's just not hungry, hungry, by all means, skip the meals. Yes, please. In early 2006, various newspapers reported that Brady was hospitalized and doesn't have much longer to live. He is, however, still alive at present and currently being held at Ashworth Hospital in Liverpool, the home of the Beatles. (laughs) Nothing? Nothing. Nothing? Hello? Is this thing on? No, (laughs) it is. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. It is, but okay. <laughs> In the extreme unlikely uh, event, unlikely event that Brady uh, ever being released, he would almost certainly be immediately re- uh, arrested, tried, and convicted of the murders of Pauline Reed and Keith Bennett, two murders of which he had, he had never been charged with. Yeah, but they found him later. Right, and he admitted to it. He confessed to him. Right. He said, hey, by the way, you know, we're like fucking 20, 30 years into this, and I was also an asshole because I, you know, I killed these two kids too and raped them. Yeah. In 2001, Brady published a book called The Gates of Janus, Janus, J-A-N-U-S, which was published by the underground American publishing firm Feral House. The book, Brady's uh, analysis of, uh, of serial murder and specific serial killers, Sparks outrage when announced in Britain. Wow. So it's understandable, man. When you're talking about how great it is to be murdering kids. I mean, I know, right? Well, and we have what we call the son of Sam law. I don't know if it's international, but I know it is here. um, Where if you're no matter what your crime is, you cannot write a book about it and profit from it. And profit from it. Um, and, yeah. And yeah, I'm, we're, we're, we're seeing that with, uh, with somebody who I'm in contact with, which right. is, uh, his name is Ward Weaver Jr., but him, you know, do right. some letters back and forth. Um, now he prefers me just to call him Ward, and he dropped the junior. Right. Um, but Ward has several books out. Right. And he's got... Uh, but they're not, I don't think they're in relation to his crimes specifically. No. They're about his, you know, his military... And his yeah. life, and then he, I think yeah. he's got some fiction books that are coming out. Or something I think like that. so too. I got to reread his last letter to me, but uh, but he's not making a profit on it. Right. This is just what he does. He sits there and he, he writes books and and gets yeah. them published, but he can't make uh, a penny. Right. Which is you know which is fine. Despite his incarceration, Brady and his murders still provide headlines for the UK tabloid press. Uh, a fellow prisoner. Linda Calvary, Calvey, C-A-L-V-E-Y, okay, recently told the Daily Mirror that before her death in November of 2002, Hindley confessed to her, uh, c- confessed to the killings of a young female hitchhiker. So that would be a number six. Wow. See, and I wouldn't put it past them having more out there. No, especially a female hitchhiker. No, yeah. I, you, you, you see this a lot. When it comes to female hitchhikers from anywhere from, I'm going to say, the mid-50s to today. If a female is hitchhiking alone, the chances of her being raped or murdered or raped and murdered 
is fucking astronomical. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know. And you know, and you kind of like, you wonder though, because I mean, you can kind of like put it in between there that if she did, was it, was that their first victim? You know what I mean? Kind of like before they got into their groove of their MO or whatever. Right. No, you could. But you know, uh, single women out in a vulnerable position like hitchhiking. Right. And now you're in a closed space with somebody. Right. Um, it's a dangerous thing, man. It's mm-hmm. fucking dangerous. And because they're, they're some of the most vulnerable people in that situation. Yeah. I've been hitchhiking twice my entire life. And both of them, I was with some guy. Well, yeah. And that's I've what I've never see done it by myself. When I'm driving down the road and shit like that, if I see people hitchhiking a chick out there, well, she's got a dude with her, mm-hmm. which is smart. Yeah. Which is absolutely smart. Don't get me wrong. I don't pick them up because they all look smelly and I don't want them in my truck. They, I'm sorry they do. No, but you're so funny. <laughs> they, I don't. It's nothing against them. They're no, I understand what you're but saying. They, but yeah. I don't need to be stinking up the inside of my truck with funk. I know. You know, plus I don't want to get killed by two people. They could be serial killers. I don't they fucking know. I don't want to be, be victim number 11 or whatever. You know, fuck that. Could be. be. Driving around my goddamn truck. Bastards. It's been reported that Brady devised a secret code to stop the police from finding out where the body of Keith Bennett was buried. We'll get into that. <clears throat> and that is uh, and that is furious that the drama documentary based on the murders was shown on ITV1 in May of 2006. He's bragged to various newspapers that he has stopped four previous films from being made about the murders, not about him in particular, but about the murders. In early 2006, it was reported that a woman tried to smuggle 50 this is one of your words, because it's a medical thing. Paracetamol, P-A-R-A-C-E-T-A-M-O-L tablets? Uh-huh. I don't know what the fuck those are. Anyway, to Brady in prison. Uh, this was, I was at the prison hospital. The amount would have been significant uh, for a successful suicide attempt. Yeah. Hospital employees foiled the attempt by using x-ray screening, which revealed the pills in two sheet tubes, two sweets tubes, so candy tubes, uh, inside a hollowed out crime novel. Dun, dun, dun. Winnie Johnson, the mother. (laughs) What? Sorry. I'm just imagining this because, you know, I'm a visual thinker. Uh, so me too. This head, is like Hogan Dagger seeing, shit going yeah, on. I'm just seeing somebody like hollowed out Bible and shit type shit, you know? I, I see this woman being dumb enough to bake a cake with a it file in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that kind it's of just shit. a nice cake for yeah. Mr. Brady. And fucking giving it to him and him sawing through. I'll be out of here soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I'll make a break for it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I see too. It's like, and then when you said it was foiled, I'm like, are you writing a <laughs> Winnie Johnson, the mother of Brady's one undiscovered victim, received a letter from Brady at the end of 2005 claiming that he could take police within 20 yards of her son's body, but the authorities would not, would not allow it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It has been reported that Brady has written his autobiography and has given his uh, solicitor instructions that it may only be published after Brady's death. That makes sense. Um, and then I also listed all the references for you. 
because I don't do that often. But you don't, but I notice. I notice how when you do, you make a point to let everybody know you did. Because <laughs> I'm proud of myself when I don't when when I don't forget Good shit. Good job. Yeah, it just always amazes me when I don't forget something. Anywho, so I'm watching the documentary about this though, right? Mm-hmm. And for that last, for Kenneth uh, Bennett's body or Keith Bennett's body, there's still people out there searching for him. Um, using those photographs. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and like... Like geocaching, kind of. Yeah, kind of. They're using the photographs. Okay, no, this looks like it's... Uh, like I saw one, like, had this, like, pinnacle of rocks thing going on. Right. And they're okay, no, this matches up with this photograph, because nothing's marked. It doesn't say, hey, right. X marks the spot. Right. So let's search around this area, and they brought cadaver dogs out there. Wow. Um, that can find bodies that have been there for, like, you know, like 100 years or whatever. Wow. Um, so they're still looking for his his corpse or his what? his remains. His remains yeah. will be bones now, and maybe even scattered. If it's a shallow grave, it could be scattered everywhere. But still, because remember we saw that with uh, the Highway Twenty killer, right? Uh, Arthur Aykroyd, right? Where they are still. I mean, they're still linking John some, Arthur. That's yeah, it. John Arthur Aykroyd. Where they're still linking some skeletal remains, probably to him. Well, when he killed the, uh, oh, I can't remember what her name was. Damn it, the uh, the the jogger. Yeah, Kay it, Turner. Kay Turner. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that they knew that why he was lying was because they found hit the some of the remains where he pointed out. Said, right. I just happened to stumble upon him. And, he, and they said, well, how did you know it was her? Yeah, well, I saw her skull right there. And her, her skull was actually found by a hunter. Like fucking. Like 20 miles away. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't 20. It was like three, 400 yards uh, oh, I was away. Say, I, thought it was, I thought it was several miles. No, it was. Oh, okay. It, maybe I was thinking It was like else. 100 or 300 yards. It's it quite a ways away. So there's no way he could see the dump site. Right. And go, oh, hey, there's the skull right there looking right up at me. And it freaked me out. Now it was bullshit. Yeah. That's, a, that's how come they knew that, hey, this guy's full of shit. Yeah. He's full of crap anyways. But not anymore. Nah, not anymore. That's for sure. That fucking asshole died, thank God. Yeah. But no, I mean, that's weird. It's like... I hear a low-flying plane. I I do, too. They're going to crash into my house. Probably targeting you. Probably. They're and all, I'm going to be a, just a happy little casualty. They're probably looking at it going, he's made enough Nazi jokes and Jew <laughs> jokes, so we're all after him. Yeah. We're going to get him now. Okay, so... Nature or nurture... For him, <laughs> mm. hang on. I'm trying to add it up in my head. For him, mainly, I'm going to say most of it is probably nature. I would with agree a lot with, you. Of, with some nurture, but a lot of it nature. I think 99 percent of it, yeah, is nature because you know there, there's nothing like uh, that we would normally see. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to the nurture part, like, um, like, uh, you know, his yeah, mother gave n- him to the Sloan family and, and then they abused him. Yeah, I didn't see that. Like that. That's why I'm saying it's nature. Um, granted, there could be some psychology going on with his whole, you know, being given up by his mom. But then she remained a part of his life. You know, it's not like she just abandoned him. Right. You know what I mean? So there's. You know, so you have all that. But and I, then, I've never seen any time where somebody's been given up for like an adoption where all of a sudden that's their trigger. You yeah. know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm adopted. Now I'm a killer and I want to, yeah. I want to like molest kids and kill yeah, them. Yeah, no. I've ne- never fought. Now I'm not saying it. Okay. I believe in possibility versus probability. Right. Exactly. There's a possibility that that is the case. Right. But the probability yeah. is that of. 
being from Scotland, of him going to the lock and riding Nessie like she's a horse <laughs> on the lock. Saddle up, Nessie. But as far as she goes, I mean, there wasn't enough on her background to determine that. But I did kind of read kind of between the lines a lot of codependent nature there. Oh, very much a codependent nature. So that's nature. a nurture for reals. Yeah, that, that, that would be it. But I think that there was a lot. I, I, I put that up to the nature as well because if, if you remember, he was prone to these outbursts and things like that for ADD, ADHD, stuff right. that we would identify now. That in, in to, by today's standards, we would treat it with medication and counseling. Right, but I'm talking about her too as far as her, Myra. Oh, Myra? Yeah, I was, oh, okay. was on to Myra now. Oh, okay, because I was... Turn the page. Cause you, no, because you didn't even tell me to turn no, the page. I said her. You said her. That could have been his mama. Oh, okay. Well, I meant Jesus her as in Myra. Christ. Oh, with, with Myra? Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think that hers was nurture. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'll tell you why, because um, I kind of paraphrase with her, but, you know, a really rough childhood, man. Okay. Super rough. That's why she turned to the church. Okay. And became a devout Catholic. Sense. Because that's where she found her, her, her solace, her catharsis, how she could deal with right. life was dealing with it through the church, um, you know, and trying to save her soul. Right. And hoping that God would, you know, grant her a better life type of a thing, which yeah. most people who join churches do. They're, hey, maybe God will fucking look down on me and go, hey, all right, we're going to help you out a little bit because right. you're, trying, you're trying to be a good person. Very much a codependency nature type of a thing because I think on her own given the church and everything like that, that if Ian hadn't met her... Yeah, and, and had that influence her, in her life. She would still be, probably to this day, if she's... I don't know if she's dead or alive. I didn't even look that a up. A devout Catholic. Yeah, a devout Catholic. And she would be like, we don't do that. We don't, you know... And she'd be repentant for her sins. Right. And she wouldn't have murdered anybody. Yeah, exactly. But then you get Ian out there, after she's had this rough life, and he's showing attention, and you're kind of like, I want to keep him happy. We've seen this before. A lot. A, a lot. lot, a lot. You know, hey, I'm going to keep my man happy. And all of a sudden, instead of find, following the ideology of the of Catholicism, she's like, hey, this is a much easier way. Yeah. Plus, I'm getting something different from it because, well, it's a Catholic church, but she's not a little altar boy, so she's obviously not getting sex from the priests. I love that look. Yeah, I know we're going to get sued. You don't have to tell me. I know it. But, um, <laughs> sorry, I don't even Catholics. I saying shut up anymore. Because it does me no good. I'm sorry, Catholics. Not all priests rape people. I've actually had discussions with several priests that I'm 99.9% sure aren't touching little boys. And it was good conversations. Um, and I'm not even Catholic. But, um, so she finds this other way. where right. there's the, If you think about it, there's not a whole lot of rules that you have to follow. Pretty much not. You know, the, the, the rule of thumb is, number one, you're getting pleasure out of it because right. you're getting sex. And even back then, if people didn't want to admit it, women still liked sex. Yes. You know, just like today. You know, I don't care what the I woman I don't is. know who you're talking to, young man. Yes, we do. I know your mom does. I do. She needs some loving in a Catwoman outfit. No. Um, but uh, so, yeah, she, she's following a, a much easier Right. Uh, ideology. Right. She's getting that same, like, fulfillment on an easier level. Right. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, probably feeding into some of her own insecurities as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Given that, you know, the the age group of which they're targeting. Mm-hmm. 
<coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> no, I hear you. Oh, me too. I'm coughing over here. I know. But um, given her own insecurities and given that she had a rough upbringing. Right. Uh, in, in really rough neighborhoods, because I believe that she was raised by a single father. Oh. Oh. Who wasn't. Oh. Yeah. I, I believe that's what I had read. That takes it to a different level. Yeah. And I forgot to put that in there. And I right. apologize. And I'm not saying, and I'm not even saying that that explains a lot. Like maybe he abused or anything, but a woman who, a female who doesn't grow up with that female influence in her life doesn't always have that nurturing aspect to her either. Right. You know, just like a male who doesn't have that male aspect to his life doesn't have that. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, doesn't have that like um, way to like assert himself. You know what I mean? Be assertive, not aggressive, no, but assertive and confidence uh, and all that shit. So we don't get sued. I'll break it down into animal terms. Thank you. Because <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, but right. I, it's so, not coming out right. In in the wild, right? Female animals. Every species is a monkey see monkey do situation. Oh yeah, you know. So when it comes to like, let's say abuse, right? Generally, if you come from an abusive background, you will have abusive tendencies. Not Correct. that you're going to be an abuser, but right. that you're going to have those tendencies. If you come from a well-adjusted background where your parents are supportive. And, and what have not generally, not all the time, like I said, possibility versus probability. The probability is really high that right. you're going to be fairly well adjusted. And that doesn't mean that anybody's perfect. We've all right. got problems. But, you know, you're going to have you're going to be taught better skills to deal with your problems. Right. Than having uh, a, being grown up or being raised in a situation where uh where you don't have that outlet where you can't go to a trusted adult and say, Hey, I'm having this problem. Right. You know, as opposed to the reverse, like I said, where you have parents that you can go and say, Hey, look, I'm having this problem. I'm having these feelings. And you know, mom and dad sit you down. Go, okay. Let's, let's talk this shit through. Right. Let's figure that out. Um, and here's the same situation. You got a single dad, which at that time there, and even up until the currently single dads are kind of still looked down upon. Well, single dads are so few and far between that, yeah, you know, it's, it's a rarity. And I think I, yeah. and I feel because like when I was raising Jake on my own, um, you know, I, uh, a lot of times, oh, well, he really needs his mother. Uh, no, <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say he doesn't need a mother figure. Correct. But, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, no, I agree with you. And just like, I mean, I raised my son, my mom and I raised my son by myself and, I still think he needed a male influence in his life. No, I agree. You I know, agree. I mean, I'm not saying that I did a horrible job, but you know. So yeah, that's that's breaking it down right there. I hope I hope everybody understood that. I'm hoping. You know, well, and it's it is kind of confusing, but you know, but like I said, you know, considering that she was raised by a single male, she doesn't have that because I mean, and this isn't saying I'm not trying to be sexist towards men, but a lot of you men don't know how to be so understanding so much a lot no you know what i'm a prime example i love using myself because i am i am the prime example of fucking up everything okay because like when when it was just jake and i and i had to do things like uh you know like diaper changes and uh and 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 getting him clothes and things like that for me i've noticed that 
and this is just my perspective, and I'm, I, I might be wrong and I might be right. Depends on the situation. I've noticed that women in the same situation go into mom mode and they know how to do this stuff almost instinctually. Oh, yeah. You know, because you got to play with like dolls. So you kind of got I was going to say, we are taught from the time we were born to be mothers. From the time I brought Jake home. And this is even when, because like for the first couple of days of his life, I did all the diaper changes, all the feedings and things like that because I wanted his mom to be able to rest because she looked like she was exhausted. And I saw what went down. Uh, it is exhausting. It looked exhausting. Yeah. It did not look like, I can't see why anybody would do it once and sit there and go, hey, let's have some more because that was a good time. But um, so it's rewarding, but it's exhausting. So I'm sitting there and I had a cheat sheet of exactly how to put a diaper on and all the rules behind it. Mm -hmm. And then over that was a was a cloth wrap. Swaddling. Um, yeah. That, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, will you wrap him up like a burrito? No, no, no. Not oh. that part. Like over. He had his diaper. Okay, and then he had a cloth diaper that went over the regular diaper, and then you swaddle them. Okay. I have no idea why. That's just what they fucking told me to do. Okay. Um, and then on that list was also putting the uh, the ointment around his circumcision. Yes. You know, just and I I would I'd follow it dun, 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 down the list, as opposed to like other mothers that I've seen. Oh, you are you talking about his umbilical cord area? That area? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking something else. Okay. Yeah. And, That's why I was confused. And like, they don't need that sheet at all. They're no. like, this is my first kid. I've never had a child before. Hold on. And they get all that shit done. Mm -hmm. And me, I'm still, okay, step number three. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. That's what I got to do. Okay. Uh, then, okay. We got that done. Whatever. Hold on, buddy. I'm going to feed you in a second. Step number four. And fucking read that. Okay. Okay, that's what we'll do next. Then Did you have to learn Mad Ninja skills on how to where to place a diaper before he slipped the other one in before, so you didn't get all wet? Let me <laughs> tell you a story. <laughs> Gather round, yeah. boys and girls. Those, those are some... Those, that, that's trial and error sometimes, too, though. Gather round, boys and girls. It's story time from Scotty. Story time with Scotty. So... <laughs> Heidi and I were still together when this happened, and I was returning back to a trucking gig and because I was driving over the road. Right. And I was still doing his diaper changes as often as I could, but by this time, I'm getting a little bit of sleep, because I took like a month off. And um, so we're getting ready to drive down to my truck so I can take off, uh, and I go, hold on, I'm going to change his diaper really quick. I didn't read my instruction sheet, by the way. <laughs> I want to point that out. Skip a step. <laughs> because at this point here, I think that I actually have some skills as a parent and can change a diaper without a cheat sheet. So I put him up on my fucking table and I fucking get his diaper off and, you know, and he's buck-ass naked and I grab the other diaper and all of a sudden I hear what sounds like running water. Yeah, not so much. And I look around, what the fuck is that? And Heidi goes, uh, and I, oh no, he's hosed me down. <laughs> And I'm in a hurry. I've got to, like, go. I've got to go, you know, because I can get on the road. And that was a matter of, like, I get everything cleaned up. And I get, you know, I hop back in the shower because you don't want to go yeah. with urine on you. Yeah. And get him all cleaned up and, and what have not. But, yeah, he hosed me down like a little fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he just looked at me and said, love you, too. You yeah. know, eventually I'm going to pee on you, right? That's disgusting. Yeah, just saying. No, but Golden tea time. I, no, but no. So my whole thing is, is she didn't have that influence in her life. You know, that female influence that taught her how to be motherly. You know what I mean? Right, right. To so, to kind of show. Yeah. Because it, there's, I find 
that between men and women, there's different types of um, nurturing and compassion. Right. You know, like us guys are more likely to sit there and tell our kids, our well, our, our male children, dude, walk it off. But dad, I'm missing an R. Put some I dirt on that. it. <laughs> Put some dirt on it, fucker. You're all right. Yeah. As opposed to, it's, you know, in this day and age, like our daughters, we sit there and if they even get a paper cover, come here, sweetheart, sit on my lap. It's, no, you I don't need stitches, but I'll take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take care of you. Oh, that is yeah. horrible. You're right. See, that's I'm gonna, where I was. I'm going to wrap you up like a mummy because you got a paper cut on your finger and we can't risk anything. Yeah. No, that's where I'm a horrible mom. But then some people that say it was ingenious, too, because every time my son got hurt, I would kind of giggle or laugh first because then it's like he wouldn't panic. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but you know. No, that may, it makes yeah. perfect so sense. So that's what I was trying to get at as far as her being a nurture aspect as far as her behavior. No, it, it makes perfect sense. I, I, yeah. I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You have any questions for me? I don't think so. Yes. This is my natural face. No face work done because I'm awesome. Yeah. You see that? I so oh, want to put some wow, on wow. you. You are a twat. I do. I could so get you dolled up. Nope. I don't think so. All right. This is Ben. Brutal Nation. Remember to check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Click on that Amazon link that we provide for you because it does help out the show a lot and doesn't cost you a damn thing extra. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and I found out you could buy all kinds of shit from there. Like everything that you could ever Go want. On Amazon? Hell yeah. I'm trying to buy a live alligator. We don't need a live alligator. Hey, but if you find an elephant, buy it for me. That's what I want for Christmas. I want an elephant. I got one that lives down the street. She's big. <laughs> I love that look. I do that just to piss you off. You do. Send us an email to tell me how much you love me. At Brutal Nation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out our blogs. on. We're featured on Medium, Crime Beat, Hub Pages, and Vocal Media. This show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. I'm out of here. And Jesse. Bye-bye. Oh,